Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you want to help us improve more, you can actually sign up for our Patreon and donate to that at mm-hmm. the Kinky Tavern. Um, and you can send us questions or suggestions to any of the following. Yes. We're at the Kinky Tavern on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife. And that's all one word, the Kinky Tavern. We are also separately on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. And I am at pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. Mm-hmm. You can also join our Discord through our link tree or through um, messaging us and we'll send you a link. Yes. We'd love to have you engage with us and help us make this the best place to learn about kink. Yeah, and you can find us also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Almost all the places. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pop Wrecker. I'm Alan Vidra. And today we are sitting down with the lovely Phrygian Monk. Thank you so much for joining us. They are on TikTok. They also have a Discord. And they just kind of do the influencer thing with Leather Cake BDSM. And I will go ahead and let them introduce themselves to you, if you would. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, my name is Phrygian Monk. I'm a BDSM presenter, practitioner, and all-around lover of kinky things. Um, I've been in the community, we're coming up on five years now within the next couple of months, and I'm super happy to be here, just kind of, I know, getting to enjoy talking with some fellow kinky people whom I very much appreciate. Excellent. I'm very excited for this episode. I feel like we're going to get a lot of good stuff out of it, and yeah, I just, I always... Every time that I run across one of your videos, I have to go to your page to make sure that I've seen all of your videos that you've posted because mm-hmm. I just love them. Your content is fantastic. And oh, thank you. just getting to sit down and talk with you is very exciting for me. So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. And I'm not much on the TikTok. Like I have a TikTok and I really only see what they send to me. And I've seen a few of your videos and I have no complaints so i think you're really good so oh, thank you so talk much with you too. i send you a little bit of them sir like yeah. a couple so the question we ask all of our guests you walk into the kinky tavern and you see a menu with all the kinks you could ever imagine listed what do you order it's a buffet it's a buffet by the way so you can order more than one okay yeah. um you can get whatever you want <laughs> Well, I would have to start out with flogging because mm-hmm. that is my first love and passion. Um, I have spent God knows how much money on the particular hobby, and I just love it. Um, definitely could have to follow that up with some electro. Um, that, mm-hmm. That's been my new love. Um, I've been playing. I 
just got my own set, don't have to borrow other people's anymore. And it has been, number one, extremely popular with others, but I also really like it. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And then I think also Single Tales. I'd, I'd, I'd place an order for Single Tales as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I do love Single Tales. Yeah, I need to get, uh, I'd like to get a snake whip to practice. Because yeah. we have a bull whip, but it's like five foot. And yeah. I can't really use it anywhere except outside. They have videos of them using their, how long was that really long one you had? Didn't you have like a really long whip? Yeah, my longest whip is 10 feet. Um, I don't use that one on people unless right. it's volunteering. Um, <laughs> but no, I most of the ones I use on people, I have a three foot bull whip and a three foot snake whip, um, nice. and a four foot bull whip, all of which are great for, um, shall we say, personal use. Extracurriculars. <laughs> exactly. I would love to get a three foot. I have what is it a five foot? I believe it's five foot. Um, and it's just two. I I've got little arms. I've got little hands. Like <laughs> and little spaces. Yeah. Even even just at home. Like we live in a residential area. There's nowhere to go outside and whip somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the, the our local dungeon is just it's the ceiling's too short. Like I've I've used the whip in there, and every time I use it, I always hit something on the ceiling, and I don't want to break anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you said you've been in the community for about five years now. What is your experience with the kink community? Like they're very, so yeah, what has your experience been? Oh, great question. Um, so I got started right on around my 18th birthday. I think I entered the community proper about like a month afterwards, but it was pretty close to my 18th birthday. Um, I, I mean, I've always been the, the kid in high school. I like to call myself a Wattpad child. You know, I read lots of... <laughs> Wattpad stories, uh, and for those of you who know, you know, you know, um, yeah. and that curiosity yeah, yeah. really just like blossomed as I became an adult, as I was able to start attending things, um, and so that that was the entrance into my community, and I'd say the first few years were really good. Um, definitely, I lived in a very small town, um, so I actually knew some of the community members that of the community I came into from previous places which was very interesting um, and certainly nerve-wracking to start. Mm -hmm. But it was a really great and educational place. You know, this was a community that really valued building up people and teaching people about kink. Um, and so I had a lot of good, um, good times with that. And then I moved away to college, the big city, and that's where I discovered leather and my love for it. Um, and then getting involved in that, subset of the community as well um, has just been an awesome time. Absolutely. As a person of leather, do you feel like the experience in the kink community is the same as the leather community, or would you say that there's differences? Yeah, there, there are differences for sure. Um, and it's so hard to like describe where I, I would begin with this, but like, as I always say, being a part of a leather community is like being a part of a family. Mm -hmm. um, dysfunctional at times and <laughs> lots of jealous siblings. But like being a part of a leather community is really about like being a part of a family. You know, when I walk into my leather bar, it feels like I'm going home. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's not like, oh, I'm here for event an event. You know, no, I am here at my bar, you know. Um, and there's a sense of pride in belonging there. And I think 
that being a part of other communities, you also have that sense of pride. But there's just something more familial about leather communities that I really, really appreciate. Definitely. What do you identify as? Like all across the spectrum, sexuality, kink, gender, everything? Ooh, great question. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of like gender and sexuality, I identify as queer. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Um, if we had to go like for specifics, I'm, uh, I tend to be more pansexual, you know, that's where I fall on that scale. But I tend to just I adopt the label of queer as I think that's the easiest way to encompass everything without having to go like, well, you see, I'm pansexual and agender and polyamorous and kinky and the love. Queer just, <laughs> just like sums it up there. Um, and then I, within the kink world, I'm quite a few things. Um, I'm a switch. Uh, I'm a puppy. I'm a sadist. Um, fabulous. I don't know if that's a title. But <laughs> fabulous work as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's about what uh, I encompass there in terms of how I identify. No dom or sub. Only fabulous or more mm-hmm. fabulous. Exactly. Aren't we all more fabulous here? I, we're, we're a more fabulous bunch of people. I think so. I identify as more fabulous, but other people would say I'm probably just fabulous. I'd say you're more fabulous. Oh, okay. I think those other people are wrong. They're less fabulous. Agreed. So what is your favorite part of what it is that you do? Um, my favorite part of what I do is connecting with other people. Um, I, from the time I was born, have been a people person. Um, I like people. I enjoy being around them, and I enjoy meeting new people. Um, And this community has offered so many chances to meet new people, connect with new people, especially on levels that you don't normally get to. You know, just Mm -hmm. like thinking about last night, I had an amazing scene with someone who I connected with literally 10 minutes prior, you know, and it, it was just this kind of really cool moment of us sharing this flogging scene and at the end of it like he really enjoyed it totally blissed out and loved it i also was very blissed out and very happy um and i think that's not something you get other places you know i don't think you develop such a level of like shared experience with someone so shortly in other communities or other spaces so i really really appreciate that aspect yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of ties back to you saying that it feels like home when you walk into a place like that. Because if we're comparing the vanilla world, or even like, we're really into D&D, right? If we go to a and d event, it doesn't feel as warm. And like you said, that connection is just palpable in the air. And I don't know, it's just it's so interesting that everyone there, I guess, is already sharing something about themselves by existing in that space, sharing something vulnerable about themselves. And I feel like that kind of opens things up to more connection and conversation. And yeah, I think that's beautiful. I completely love that answer. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Kink community has like, one of the things that I love about it is that it's a safe space where you can go and like basically grow around the people and help the people help you grow and you help them grow and just as a person you are comfortable with who you are and you don't have to feel shamed or anything and that's that's just 
a great thing for people to have. It is, especially for neurodivergent people, but mm. even just if we're talking neurotypical people that have feelings like this, kinks or queer feelings or whatever, it's it's really nice to have the community. And of course, there's there's ups and downs, like you said. It's especially with leather. It's like a family, a very dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do you think people misunderstand about leather the most? Um, this is something that's come up quite a few times. In that, it, it's all about the sex, and it's all about the you know. Um, there, there's a lot of that. I'm not going to lie to you. There, There is a lot of sexy fun time. And I will be the first to admit that, by goodness, almost every time we're at a leather event, something good goes down. But, um, as with everything in life, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and I think that sometimes people see that very physical aspect as what draws them in. They say, oh, that's hot. I like that. Um. But what they're going to find is there's a lot more, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We've done outreach things. We do fundraisers. You know, we're active in our local community's pride events. We, um, I think we hosted a, a picnic for queer families and queer individuals. You know, there's, there's a lot of, along with the fun times that we have, there's a lot of service. There's a lot of communities. There's a lot of building fellowship and building community with other people and establishing ourselves as a space within the community where you can be safe and cared for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think those are very vastly important things that get completely overlooked sometimes. Um, You know, when people are like, Ooh, you get to have some fun times. Absolutely. We have lots of fun times, but there's so much more to it as well. Absolutely. I love that. So being a person of color, being queer, do you feel like that, forgive the term, colors your experience in the leather community? <laughs> the king- <laughs> that is, that's a good one. Um, definitely. Yes. Um, a lot of people like to think that the um, kink community and the leather community are all these enlightened individuals that are perfectly accepting of everyone. And that is completely false. I hate to burst people's bubbles, but it's actually so false. Um, unfortunately, there there are issues like racism and homophobia and transphobia um, in the leather and kink community, and I've seen that firsthand. One thing that I personally really have to look out for, and it's something that I've talked about on my TikTok channel, is um, fetishization and just how harmful that can be to um, minority groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you... When you look at someone and all you see is this one aspect of someone that you happen to like or find fun, um, you're dehumanizing. You know, you're reducing them down to this one aspect. It's like, oh, you are black. Here are all these stereotypes about black people that I think are hot. So, therefore, you must, you know, that that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, that that opens the door to a lot of hurt feelings and disrespect that can go on yeah i feel like that's just as racist as someone who you know thinks badly of black people and in many ways it's much more insidious as well you know when i i've met plenty of racists in my life again i grew up in a small county it was very well (laughs) all the things that small communities can be you know um and 
when you meet someone who's overtly hostile and racist, it's very easy to ignore them. You know, for me, I just write them off. I'm not going to engage with them because I already know how they think. Um, but when it comes to fetishization and when it comes to stereotyping, it can be much more insidious because other people look at that and it's like, well, don't you feel honored? They like you. They're into you. And it's like, they're not into me. They're into this stereotype. They're into this aspect of something that they think I can fill. They're not looking at me as like human being here. They're looking at me as like, oh, this is how I can fulfill my stereotype. Yeah. But again, a lot of people don't see it that way. And I don't necessarily blame them. It's not something that we think about very often. Um, but as a result, that's oftentimes something that gets very swept under the rug. Um, it's just how fetishization can affect minorities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would say that an individual or someone in the community or even a group could do to mitigate the harm, mitigate the existence of these negative issues <laughs> regarding people of color in our community? I think, first of all, it starts at the individual level. You know, when individuals start to educate themselves and unpack their, like, unpack their kinks, you know, like, why am I into this thing? Um, it's a question that we don't often ask ourselves, you know, why, why am I into what I'm into? And a lot of the time you'll find that's like, oh, I'm into it because I like, it, you know, um, but sometimes there can be a lot of deeper things, especially when it comes to some kinks that can be very important to like ascertain where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. uh, as well, just looking at our own internal biases and um, perhaps where we can learn to be more accepting of other groups of people and of other people. Um, that, I think, in and of itself goes a very long way. Um, you know, I can't make other people do the work, but if everyone for themselves chooses to do so, that's a point where we can come together and start growing. Because um, there has to be a willingness there. You know, you, you can't... You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, you know. Um, I've done lots of videos on my channel. Um, I've done um, interviews and talks about the subject of race and kink. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first thing I always say is, like, I'm giving this information for people to do with what they please, you know. And I'm sure there are people out there who just write it off like, oh, this is the woke nonsense BS. I've, I've heard that one a few times. Right. Um, but it's like, you know. I can give all the information that I, I can, you know, and I'm happy to do so. It's what I enjoy doing. Um, but it, it's absolutely up to individuals to take that and use it to grow themselves. Absolutely. And I do just want to point out that while we, we did double check with you before we started talking that you wanted to cover this kind of topic, I've noticed a lot of people, not even just in the kink community, but they expect people of color to do that work for them or to help them start that work in themselves. And the decolonization of our minds, of our thoughts and feelings and perceptions is something so personal that you could work all day and never, never help me decolonize at all because I'm not willing to do it, you know, not willing to do the work myself. And so I do want to just point out that, you know, I really appreciate you doing the work that you do and bringing the horses to water. Absolutely. Because you don't have to do that. Like there is, 
it's a lot more work internally, I feel like, for you to do that than it is for like me to teach about flogging. It's so much more work, so much more right. emotional work. Also, make sure that if you see people of color who are doing this kind of work on their TikToks or on their Instagrams or on anything, make sure you send a little, you know, cash their way, find their Venmo, find their cash app, find their PayPal find anything because they're doing the work that they don't have to do for you so mm-hmm. that you can unlearn and unprocess these things. And they're also doing it to, you know, normalize their community in these other communities who've been taken over by straight white people. So mm-hmm. send a little money somebody's way every once in a while. Yes. And we will be including all of that in all of your links that you want to share, all of your cash app, PayPal, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, we don't have a big following, but the following that we have, if you could just send even a dollar or two their way, because I think that this work is so important. And while that's not going to pay your bills, it is just a little nice appreciation thing that is what we can offer, I guess. You can go get a coffee. Or That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a coffee on somebody. Yeah. Say, I can get coffee, get up early, record more. You know, it all works out. That's yeah. true. Yes, I love that. Monk, are you comfy talking about relationships on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Are you in any dynamics currently? I am currently in one dynamic. I have a wonderful and lovely submissive who is actually also on TikTok under um, at TBH. I'm a baby sub. Um. <laughs> We, that's actually how we met. We met through TikTok, um, just kind of both talking about kink and the intersection of, you know, talking about kink on TikTok um, and things kind of progressed from there. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has been a lovely relationship. Yes. That's fantastic. I love your videos together. Y'all are just so cute. Yeah. We would also love to have them on sometime as well. We'd love to have you both on. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody. That can definitely be done. I know we just did a um, joint one on a different podcast talking about long distance dynamics. So Ooh, that, that would be lovely. Yeah, I think that one actually just dropped today. What was so. the podcast? I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think it's Brat University. Um, okay. Yes. By yeah. Um, so I'm gonna write that down. Absolutely. So being long distance. Um, And of course, we won't focus on that because you just did a whole podcast about it. But being long distance, do you think there are certain things that separate long distance vanilla from long distance kink? Like, does that make sense? Like, are there extra intricacies within kink long distance that aren't in a vanilla long distance relationship? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just thinking right off the bat, you know, how do you do rules? You know, Um, obviously, there has to be a great level of trust and personal responsibility there you know and i say like drink three water bottles a day it would be all too easy for my partner to be like i drank three water bottles today and you know just not do it um so i think just starting with yourself there's a lot of personal responsibility that goes into kinky relationships um and also the level of communication it just has to be there um and that's with any long distance relationship whether it be vanilla or kink um but you know, having an extra emphasis on communication because you're dealing with 
things like rules and like, oh, what if someone, if, if you guys do punishments, how does that work? Or, you know, if you guys want to play while being long distance, what does that look like? You know, those kinds of things. Definitely. Yeah, I recently took a class where they mentioned the, like, trust involved in long distance. And I guess I hadn't really thought of that. Like, I mean, I trust Alan is my long distance partner. I trust Alan to tell me the truth. I trust them to communicate with me about things. And it just hadn't occurred to me that they would just lie. You know, like, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be with someone who was, I mean, of course, there are brats that might, you know, as part of their dynamic, as part of their personality do that. But if someone's going to look at me in the eyes and lie to me, I don't really want that dynamic. You know what I mean? So it's just really interesting to me. The trust level has to be like absolute, you know, like I don't question my partner. If my partner yeah. says something, I know she's telling me, you know, because exactly. there, there can't, I, I really think, and now obviously when I say there can't be any room for doubt, we, our brains work in a lot of different ways. And unfortunately for some people, they like, that's just how that works for them. You know, like they have that, are, are they saying the right thing? Are they, are they, are, do they really mean that? You know, and I've seen it happen and, um, that can definitely be a struggle to work through. But, um, you know, when I say I, I can't have any room for doubt, I mean, I could never knowingly think, oh, I think my partner's lying. You know, I, right. I think they're not telling me the whole truth. Um, you know, we, we go as what we're saying to each other is the truth, you know, because we have no reason to say anything else. Right. And to follow up on that, I know personally with, uh, us, we have neurodivergencies that might pick at our brain and say, oh, well, what did they mean by that when they said that? And instead of letting it sit and stew and, you know, because when you've got that kind of neurodivergency, it tends to just over and over in your mind, just kind of obsess over it. And instead of doing that, we just make sure that we're open with our communication. And if I'm feeling a certain way about something, I make sure Alan has the time for me to sit down and talk about it. And then we talk about it. Uh, same with Rucker. I do the same thing with him. I'll be like, hey, I'm feeling this kind of way. I know it's not right. I know it's not rational, but I need some support here. And it's just really nice to have that support and be with partners who understand. And yeah, that was kind of off topic. I apologize. Oh, spot on. I agree. Yeah. Well, when you're also doing a long-distance relationship, it's so important to start off really small, which is what Em and I are currently trying to do. We are starting off with, like, a couple of, like, little protocol things and then a couple of rules here and there. Um, and the things that we do, I always, like, send a picture of the things that I'm doing so, like, I could never really lie about it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Also, that's just kind of not our dynamic. I wouldn't ever do that. I would feel really, really bad. The main reason, like, you send a picture, though, is to basically remind yourself to do the thing in the first place. So Yeah. Yeah. So, it like, you use that as a tool, like, not only proof that you did it, but mm -hmm. as a reminder to do it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, so. and we also have, like, deadlines and stuff, so, like, that's nice to remember. Yeah, we try and remember. Yeah, I feel like there's a place in 
and certain people I'm sure love the dynamic where they they have to punish, they have to train real hard, they have to discipline them and make them follow the rules. And I would much rather inspire their submission, inspire their effort. Even if Alan doesn't finish their journal every single night, I'm I'm oftentimes understanding like, oh, they were out with friends tonight. I'm not even gonna check, you know, mm-hmm. like it's fine, we'll get it tomorrow. But just not only being understanding, but I guess the fact that I'm understanding might help them be truthful and might help them show that effort. I don't know. I just feel like that's a better way for us in our dynamic to do things. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I think that's part of like being a dom, right? Is like being understanding and compassionate towards your submissive and understanding what they need at that time. I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. Reading parenting books is honestly really helpful as a D type. Uh and, and I know everyone's laughing right now, but you, <laughs> cre- like creating a space where your partner isn't afraid to tell you um what they want and isn't afraid to come to you with things is just such an important thing. And I think it's the foundation of being in an open and trusting and communicative relationship. That is so funny. I never thought about that, but you were so right. (laughs) Well, I mean, ultimately, a parent-child relationship is a dominant-submissive relationship. I mean, if you think about it. It's your first power exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It truly is. Okay. I can't wait for someone to write that book. My first power exchange. Oh, God. Baby's first power exchange. Parenting for kinky people. (laughs) How to parent your submissive. But reading, uh, not even just parenting books, but like being on parenting Instagrams and stuff like that, it helps me parent my inner child. And a lot of the places that I follow, a lot of the channels I follow and stuff like that, do specifically talk about parenting your inner child. But I think that in a lot of ways, that's what dominant submissive relationships are. And not just CGL relationships, but also just any dom-sub relationship. Everyone's got an inner child that probably didn't get parented the way they needed to. They probably have some things that they need to work through and process and they need support on. Yeah. Well, as I, say, as I say, everything you work on really starts with yourself. You know, I can't think of a single thing that I do that didn't start with me working through something or like taking a look at myself and seeing like my investment and or relationship and or interest with the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped me have a much more detailed view of what I'm doing, what I'm into and why I choose to do the things that I do, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I think when we go into things with, I like this, I don't know why I like this, that I like this, sometimes it's fun, you know, there's definitely a lot of mystery, and I think it can be quite exciting, but, you know, at, at some point, I want to know, you know, I want to know why I'm doing things that I'm doing, because I want, I want to know my motivations for things, I want to know myself, um, because in knowing myself, I can then better interact with others, because I'm already comfortable and familiar with the person I should know most, which is me. Yes, I love that. And on top of that, introspection is incredibly important. Like, I am all about journaling, trying to figure out yourself. But even just beyond that, 
if you do this introspection, if you figure things out, you will find, like you said, why you like things and maybe how to apply that in other areas. So you will expand and grow in your kink practice as well as in like your your mind palace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's really important. I think introspection is one of the top things that every single human should do, but it also has ulterior motives and kink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It also like helps you just in general interact with the world and other people because yeah. in growing yourself, you know things about yourself and that kind of can provide insights into how other people can behave mm-hmm. and how you should interact with other people. And it yeah, can help absolutely. you have a more solid set of values and mm-hmm. morals. And yes. I don't even know that I want to call them values and morals, but like the way you perceive things. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't know yourself, other people can sway you really easily. Other people can sway your perspective and sway your morals and values. And if you do that introspection, you, while having a conversation about something, wait, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about them using that word or saying that phrase or doing that thing. And yeah, I think you can not only help yourself, but help other people. Yeah, it kind of opens your mindset and how you things yeah well i i remember like the biggest transformation for me was like as a black kid growing up in a white community you know there was lots of stuff said uh, or done that i didn't know how i felt about um and looking back on it i'm like wow i really i really did not have any self-preservation things i just did i guess i just didn't care uh but you know like through kind of the process of coming to terms like what is okay with where are my boundaries you know now if someone says something i am i am quick to jump on that and definitely not afraid to um because now i realize it's like i am i am allowed to defend myself you know i am allowed to feel comfortable um and i think that's something that a lot of people kids especially struggle with is like you don't have to put up with people saying things that make you feel some sort of way that's Mm -hmm. not okay you know, it's not it's not the way the world works. Um, so being able to discover that, 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 that really helped. Yeah, and I think that's part of the way that we're socialized. Like, I know that AFAP people are often socialized to do very much the same thing. Sit down, shut up, listen. If someone says something that you don't sit well with, you, you shut up and sit there and take it. And just that idea of you can't be the angry black man. You can't be the crazy white bitch, you know? That's so harmful to children and young adults and people that haven't deconstructed that. Um, And I'm very glad that you have done the introspection to deconstruct that because it's so important to have warriors like you that have that, that can shoulder that, you know? And again, it's not something you have to do. When you step up and fight for yourself and others, that is something that you're not only doing a service to yourself and others, you're doing a service to that person by educating them. Absolutely. And I don't know. It's just really, I'm, I'm glad that there are people like you that have done that work. Um, and across all minorities, not just people of color, there are queer people that have done that work and are fighting every day to help people. So Monk and I have been friends since like 2020. Nice. Around there. It, it, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. Oh my God. And we've never met in person. 
Um, which sucks. But I've never made... That's the real sin right there. We've never met in person. Yeah, I know. And I've never been to a leather bar, so... Me, us either. We could we could fix both of those things yeah. real quick. Um, but also, don't forget to plug the Discord server, the monastery. Mm. Yeah, I am the, like, mod men for monks uh, Discord server. No, you, you're the admin. You, you have done so much. You're the, the real brawn behind, the muscle behind the server. That's, that's what you are. I feel like you are because you're the one who does the most work on it. I, I put the new channels in and like sometimes teach a class. I don't know. (laughs) That's fantastic. But yes, join the monastery that is Monk's Discord channel. One thing that we could definitely talk about is the, um, you know, going to the play party um, last night, there were a lot of new people, and a lot of them, like several of them, uh, recognized me because they got their start wine, and this was like one of their first in-person events. Um, so I think there, there's all, a lot to be said for just how many people this pandemic made them realize, oh, I, I am into these things. Um, and I think there was, what it was, was ironically the lack of societal interaction. You know, when people don't have everything in their life dictated by societal norms, they're actually able to explore themselves. And I think that's what we're seeing here is this like mass abandonment of societal norms and people realizing I'm, I'm into this, gosh darn it. I, I like this and I'm going to live my truth. Um, so it's definitely been very interesting in these past few months seeing a lot of new people entering the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people feel a lot of ways about it. I know some of the, I, I call them the grizzled veterans. <laughs> they're like, they're humming and hawing like all oh, these new people back in my day. You had to complete 10 years of service and million hours of something or other. And now they're just coming in and bros. And it's like, why, why don't we be happy that more people are embracing the fact that we're not a bunch of weirdos? Right. <laughs> Well, and more people finding their truth. Like, yes, a lot of them need some education because society does not understand what we are. They probably need some education. But, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. If we don't have new people coming in, the community is going to die. You know, it's just going to fizzle out. Um, One of the things I've kind of noticed with, like, just in society in general is, like, people are becoming more comfortable with themselves as humans. And I feel like maybe the pandemic has kind of helped people do that as well. And I guess that kind of reflects how the kink community has been doing as well, because there's more people coming out now that, well, I mean, pandemic's not over, but it's let up a little bit and people are coming out more. But yeah, it's pretty interesting that we're kind of getting into more of a human type era rather than technology or whatever we were on before. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, we're learning how to be more human with the technology that we have uh, acquired. Ah, uh, technology. I love technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's getting better each time, but it's still a little rough. It's always something. It's mm-hmm. always something. Well, I think we we're probably going to be closing up pretty soon, cause unless there was something more you wanted to talk about, Mom. I can't think of anything else. I, I've had a wonderful time here. I really enjoyed this. Yes, we'll have to have you on more. We absolutely <laughs> love talking to you. And thank you okay. again so much. Sorry, Alan. I was speak for yourself. <laughs> you have no idea what Monk was saying about you when you were off camera, and then you come back on and you insult them. 
So much praise was given for you. So much praise. Yes. I, I, yes. As soon as you said you couldn't hear it. Like, so let me tell you what a great friend Alan is and like how they're just like consistently amazing. And then you come back on and you're like, speak for yourself. So sassy. I'm sorry. Okay. Monk is my bestie. I think that this was a wonderful uh, yeah. first I mean, episode with Monk. I think we got yeah. a lot of great discussion. I'd love to have you on again. I'm sure we would all enjoy that. Yes. Yes. And again, thank you so much for doing the work and talking with us about just the experience of people of color in pink. Like that's, again, something you don't have to do. And I just want to really, I don't know, blow you up for, for doing that. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. You know, I, I'm always amazed that people are like, hey, can you come speak to us about this thing? And I'm like, what me speak? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> don't even. You are such a good teacher. I I still get shocked by it. I don't know. Like y- you have to understand. When I started, it was because I was bored on a Tuesday night, and my friends kept sending me TikToks that I had to like figure out a way to watch. So I'm like, okay, I'll just make a TikTok so I can like have a. I can actually watch these videos my friends are sending me, and. Well, now two years later, I've got thirty thousand followers. I'm talking on podcasts, and I, I didn't expect any of it. Well, it's awesome. We you give so much good information. Please follow Phrygian Monk on TikTok. All the places will have all the links down below as well, because so much good information, just awesomeness, and those those whip videos. Also follow me. <laughs> I may have to do some more. I I, I will do some more soon. For <laughs> Thank sure. you. I appreciate you. Can, you're you're you welcome. You can send them to me personally. It's okay. You don't have to post them. I mean, how about I cut out the middleman? I'll get on a flight with my suitcase right now. I I'll be on the way. Uh, I gotta go to the airport, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic. <laughs> Was there anything else we wanted to cover? Were there any plugs? Anything you wanted to plug while we're on here? I've got my TikTok, Phrygian underscore Monk. Uh, and then from there, you have my link tree, which uh, takes you to pretty much all the places you need to go. Excellent. And I'll post both of those as well on the description, as well as whatever else we've talked about. When I edit, I go through and add everything in the description. So Awesome. Yeah. Now, Daddy, do you have a daddy joke to lead us out? Yeah. Excellent. I do. I'm so proud of you. I was good. I'm so proud of you. So I don't know if you've heard our podcast at all. Uh, I always end the episode with a daddy joke. I have. Yes, I do listen to it. Oh, okay. oh that Aww. makes me feel special. Yes. So, it's going to be bad again, like it always is. Expected. So, if your Uncle Jack was on his roof and he wanted you to help him down, would you help your Uncle Jack off? <laughs>